listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio, Wolfcast number 541 for Monday, February 23rd, 2015. Tonight brought to you by Cravenspeed.com, MotoringBadges.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. That's OutMotoring.com. Everybody, it's DB <clears throat> bringing you a brand new episode of the world famous White Roof Radio. We're here talking about Mini Coopers and stuff like that for you on a Monday night, like we like to do. Uh, tonight, as always, joining me is my good friend Todd Pearson, motoringbadges.com, and soon to be another new site coming very soon. Todd, say hi. I am here. And then uh, our sick friend Alex is joining us as well. Alex, say hi. Good evening. And a big suck up all the snot back in your brain. Uh, and no chat again this evening. Uh, we have chat one more night off. You still feeling a little bit under the weather. Got a little bit behind at work. We will have chat on next week. We're going to talk about that shortly. Gentlemen, good evening. Yes, I think Chad's recovering from the Ebola. <laughs> Is he now? Wow. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> or a bird flu. It's funny because every time I think I'm sick, I think I have like something really, really bad like Ebola or cancer. Turns out I have just a cold. <laughs> You know, you know what people do when they start looking on internet like symptoms and stuff, and they're like, "Dude, I have cancer." No, you can't start looking at WebMD. Oh my runny nose! Oh, I have got the Ebola. Oh jeez! You can't read the WebMD, dude. You just can't. The monkey box. Be a doctor, but don't read it. For instance, people, people eating like uh, you know when you eat like too much beet, uh, um, beets, for instance, like beet salad, right? Like your urine is gonna be like red afterwards, and people are like, "I'm bleeding." Yes, <laughs> I'm super sick. I have cancer. I have, like, Thank you, Alex, for making the first no. urine reference underneath the white roof for 2015. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Way to go. Woo. Usually it's Gabe talking about something bathroom related, a little bit drunk, but uh, this time you did it just in casual conversation. Here we go. Oh, All right. That's Good, well, it's out of the way. We broke that cherry for the year. Nicely done. Check. Achievement Check. unlocked. Achievement <laughs> unlocked. I like it. <laughs> oh, uh, but we're. We're not going to talk about eating too many beets tonight. No. Uh, we've got news from motorfile.com. Uh, we've got other random things. We are having some great discussions uh, pre-show that we're going to kind of see if we can keep those going after we do news. We're going to do all that. I've got. We need to do some housekeeping, and then we've got a sponsor, and then we're going to do news. Let's start with a little bit of housekeeping, shall we? I want to re- uh, actually say proudly that um, our good friend AJ has pushed, pushed us to the $50 mark on the Patreon page. We are halfway to butter, which just sounds funny. I just wanted to say halfway to butter on the show. <laughs> yes, um, Patreon.com forward slash White Roof Radio. If you are one that is uh, willing to or would like to help us help uh, support White Roof Radio as a patron, you can do that at Patreon.com forward slash White Roof Radio. As soon as we reach $100 per episode, uh, we're going to send everybody who's patroned us to that point a stick of butter. Yes. Limited, limited muttering badge edition, halfway to butter for everybody who contributes. <laughs> halfway to butter. That's all we need. <laughs> halfway to butter. Uh, <laughs> funny. So there's that. Patreon.com forward slash white roof radio. Uh, next <clears throat> up, I want to remind you guys about uh, some event stuff. Remember, we've got Anviv coming up. You guys know about that one. Uh, that's happening in May. Dragon's coming up in may as well uh, i just just reminded earlier that we also have minis in the mountains happening uh, i don't want you guys to forget about this and this happens uh, august 5th through the 9th uh, i'm going to find a link for all the information on that and i will post that over in the show notes this week and that's for minis in the mountains happening august 5th through the 9th and this year it looks like it's going to be in snowmass slash aspen which i hear is absolutely beautiful in august especially if you're in arizona and you want to get away from the heat Okay, yes. That's that. in the mountains. What else do I want to tell you guys about? Oh, uh, another way to support White Roof Radio. Go over to whiteroofradio.com. Click on the White Roof Radio swag store link. 
and you can go get yourself a nice Wire Radio t-shirt. They're super cool. You got to have one of those. We got events coming up. You want to make sure you're showing off that you represent the White Roof Radio. We had them. We were wearing them on uh, Mini Takes the States last year. That's right. There's some really fine designs. Uh, is the iHeart Alex shirt still available? Yes. Yes, it is. It's they, over there. You can go over there, there and you can get an iHeart Alex shirt. <laughs> get it and send me a picture. <laughs> yes. Send it. Actually, you could tweet Alex a picture. His Twitter's over at whiteroofradio.com, like all the rest of ours. Yes. So do go it. over to that. And finally, this is one that's really exciting. I want everybody to get their calendars open. Open your calendar apps if you're driving. Uh, just click back over and I'll make sure there's a link. We're going to do a live show for you guys, and we are going to do it this coming Sunday, February 20. Is that still February? Uh, no, I'm sorry. March. That'll be March 1st. Uh, time to be determined, but I want you guys to make sure you're available. It'll probably be roughly 6 p.m. Eastern time, you think? Yeah, probably. that sounds about right. About 6 p.m. Eastern time, thereabouts. I'll put full details up before the end of the week. And that's going to be uh, this coming Sunday. March the 1st, we're going to do a live show. It'll be me and, Ch- me and, Ta- me and Todd, Chad, and Alex. Uh, it'll be awesome. We'll have the chat room going the whole bit. Sunday, 6 Eastern time-ish. Keep your calendars open. Keep your calendars clear. You'll probably be snowed in anyway, and you're not going to have anything else to do. So come and hang out with us. It'll be awesome. Hey, we're okay. only like thir- 32 days from spring or 30 days from Yeah, spring all that right snow's going to start melting soon. Then you're going to be flooded, and you won't have time to do the live show. So let's take advantage of this time now. Right? Yep. Right. Yep, and you know something else coming up just on the. Wait, I think Joe Montanti's uh, basement's due to flood very soon. <laughs> hey, speaking of Joe in Philadelphia, I am going to be in Philadelphia the weekend of March the twenty eighth. Okay, uh, we're doing another vinyl day. This is an annual thing. This is like our fifth, fifth or yeah, but sixth. You're, but you're already booked up, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. That's I'm, the only reason why you're mentioning it now. I'm already booked up, so don't even bother contacting me about graphics. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you want to come out and say, "Hey, it's the weekend of the uh, Philly member meeting, their annual oh, member right. meeting too, their annual member meeting, which is a lot of fun. Just um, you can come to Helix in <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> and hang out on Saturday the 28th. Come say hi, and uh, you know there'll be food and people hanging out with minis and everything. It'll be a lot of fun, right? You probably, probably Marzo, uh, you can get Marzo to your car. Yeah, you can get Marzo to code your car, and uh, Alex said he's going to drive down from Boston. Oh, so yeah, I'll try, to, I'll try to make it be, that'd be fun. It's only so what, about it just, two, three hours. Is it just like a Saturday, and that's it? Um, Saturday, and then Sunday's the, uh, uh, their member meeting. They have a big member meeting at Victory Brew Pub for uh, all of the Philly mini members. All right, you'll have to tell me where you're staying, uh, Todd, so uh, I will connect on that. I will do that. All right. There you go. <clears throat> So I believe that's some of our housekeeping, right? Swag store, check. Minis in the mountains, check. Uh, Philly member meeting, check. Live show, Sunday, March 1st, check. Done and done. Okay, awesome. Let's uh, pay some bills and we can do some news. What do you say? Oh, sounds good. Perfect. I want you guys to click over tonight. Let's go over to outmotoring.com. This is really cool. When you go to outmotoring.com, I keep telling you guys to sign up for the email newsletter, right? You have to scroll to the bottom of the page. Well, now there's a little pop-up there just reminds you automatically. If you haven't signed up for the email newsletter, you should just go ahead and put in your email address there. As soon as you see that pop-up, what that's going to do is it's going to give you an email like once a month, maybe once a month. And every time it comes in lately, it's had a 5% discount code for me on it. Super duper awesome. 
Very, very cool. Um, so I want you guys to click over there. This is the Mini Cooper Parts Superstore. Otherwise, if you haven't been out motoring.com, you're going to be blown away because I don't care what Mini you've got. There is something for you or your Mini at outmotoring.com. There is a cool interior parts, really spiffy, bitchin' exterior components, um, all the go-fast goodies that you want, stop-fast goodies that you want, things that will make your car look better, help you fix your car, tools, car care, care products, plus all the things for your person, hats, shirts, watches, shoes, um, all the things is all over at outmotoring.com. It, it, it's like the it's like your local dealer's parts desk on serious crack is what it is because it's all the things. Anyway, go over there, check them out, outmotoring.com, and don't forget to sign up for the email newsletter. Also, keep in mind that if you're placing any orders with outmotoring.com due to the recent ice storms in the area because they're getting hammered by cold weather, uh, there's going to be some delays in shipping with UPS and FedEx. Keep that in mind. That is out of their control. Anyway, that's our friends over at Outmotoring, outmotoring.com, mini performance, speed, and shift knob plus boot with red stitching Gen 3. It's outmotoring.com. Get that F56 shift knobs already at outmotoring.com. Awesome. News music, please. Good, sir. Boom. And tonight we click over to motoringfile.com. This is where we have some really crazy news. So this is the week. Everybody, nobody, everybody couldn't shut up about the damn Apple car. Uh, it's funny because every like uh, a few weeks ago, there were some purported images popping up around Silicon Valley of this minivan driving around. And it had like these all of these things out of the top of it. Kind of looked like the, the Google uh, mapping cars that, that drive around. But it had cameras at all. It wasn't just like a 360 camera. There were four cameras on it. It looked like GPS technology. And so everybody's like, "Is what What the heck is this? And then the rumors were like, oh, it's an Apple car. They're going to have a self-driving car. And then it's like, oh, no, Apple's going to develop a car of their own. And now it's all like, what? There's going to be an Apple car. So yeah, it's uh, just got... The, the more, and if you read over at the Wall Street <laughs> Journal, apparently Apple's poaching people from like Mercedes and Ford. And they, they put together like a whole R&D team of like 100 and some odd people just to do car stuff. It's craziness. Well, and now... Yeah. Jason Jason Calacanis said today. Uh, Jason Cal Jason Calacanis smokes big piles of meth. He does, but um, he's very rich, and uh, he's because <laughs> he started Weblogs Inc. Yes, yes. So, well, gave just gave him back the dump truck full of money up. So yeah, he has the right to say what he wants and just be a crackpot. But he said today his prediction was that Apple's going to buy Tesla. That it makes more sense for like seventy five billion dollars, and everybody's like, "You're smoking serious crack this week." Yeah. Um, well, I think that would be a good fit. I don't think Apple wants to buy Tesla, and I don't think I don't think Elon Musk wants to sell Tesla. Yeah, they do seem like they're very similar companies. They're they're similar they minded. Do. They really do. But and that would be a good fit, to be sure. But I don't see that happening. I I think the whole thing comes down to the fact that Apple is the best. I don't care whether you love them or hate them, whether you're an Apple person or whatever. They are really good at UI, at user yep. interfaces, okay? And they're bringing CarPlay technology to many cars. It's already in a bunch of cars. It's like in Chevrolets and Mercedes and Audis right now already. Um, and even aftermarket systems by Pioneer, they're, they're just now hitting the market and people are starting to get them in cars. So what we're saying is everything in like BMWs and Minis, for example, is so freaking complicated and has historically been just hated by journalists because it's too complex. 
it's not very user friendly. Well, here's where Apple comes in. They really need to get with car companies and you know have a meeting of the minds and make it a whole lot easier. Make it do what people want it to do. I mean, seriously, how, how we were all driving in the new Mini, the F56 Mini, across country on Mini Takes the States. And it had so many features in there, everything from Pandora to Glimpse. And Spotify to, now. All of these things here. Did we really use, other than Glimpse, did we use anything? Nope. And, no, we didn't. And we're pretty tech-savvy guys, right? We did everything on our phones. Yeah, and there was nothing the car did that we wanted it to do or needed it to do. Right. was my point. And so I think that's the whole point of these stories coming down is, you know what? Car technology needs to do more of what, you know, what people want to do, not what the engineers who are eating their sandwiches with knife and fork wanted Thanks. to do. Yeah. yeah. So the, one of Apple's strengths that we all know, too, is that they own the entire stack. They have the, the music store, the app store that goes to your device. Soon they have the watch that connects to your iDevice as well. And just how cool what I want is I want all my stuff to the internet of things is I want all my stuff to be wherever I'm at. Right. Yep. So if I'm an Apple guy, which I am now, and if I had Apple play in my car, then I could just travel seamlessly throughout my life with my technology and my technology would be with me no matter where I went. Yep. I'm in. And that's what Apple so, and that's what Apple <clears throat> get at. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. So I was saying that you guys are right. When when we when we think about Apple, it's obviously the, the customer experience because they are, you know, they control the entire stack and historically they have been really, really good at delivering an amazing customer experience, right? Right. But when <clears throat> when you step back and you look at what they've done, you know, uh, across several industries, you it's you know a lot of people say that Apple is also very good at disrupting industries where they see a lot of inefficiencies, right? right. And so when you're looking at the car industry, uh, there's you know tons of efficiencies, but uh, it's funny I don't see necessarily Apple getting in the game of, for instance, one one big efficiency inefficiency is the, the experience at the dealers, right? It's like just atrocious across right. across the entire you know across the entire scope of cars of brands. Uh, I don't see them getting into dealers and uh, you know getting into selling cars directly to people. I mean, it's a it's a lot of you know things to to manage. It's just insane, right? But right. then again, uh, when when you look at what Amazon is doing, when you look at what Google is doing, they are the most. All of those companies have, in one way or another, uh, uh, stakes into the automotive space. And those companies are direct competitors to uh, direct competitors to Apple, right? And so, that, so that's another that could be a justification for why they would need to be into that space. Right. Uh, a lot I mean, of people are saying. Besides that, that they've got what 180 billion dollars in the bank. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people are saying that you know they're they're hiring you know because they want. When you think of your experience as a user, a user of you know computer uh, devices, uh, computing devices. Uh, when you're in your car, this is pretty much the only time of the day where you're not using an Apple device. I mean, directly using an Apple device, right? Like you're using a car, you're using an interface that is controlled by the manufacturer. For whatever reason, they will not, you know, not not, not everybody is jumping on board with CarPlay because they still want to control the experience and want to lock down, uh, you know, drivers into their into the brands, you know, uh, uh, into the brands ecosystem. And Apple has a very difficult time to get in there. Um, and so, when you look at the number of people they've hired, and one of the one of the most telling hire is the former lead uh, HR recruiter from Tesla. Right. I don't know what you're doing if you're not if you're not building a car because why would you hire the lead 
engineer from Tesla if it's not to build a car. It's just... Well, I say it could be something completely different than not necessarily building a car, but understanding how cars, how people use cars more and the integration of that. Um, I don't know. They very well could come out with a car of their own because I, I started thinking about this when all these stories came out and said, you know, back in 2007 early 2007 before the iPhone was announced um there were rumors of it and i said you know i'd been a mobile phone user for for years before that i think i've had a a cell phone since um the early 90s probably 91 or 92 and uh you know 12 15 years later um i'm like no way do i want apple but i think this is going to be the biggest mistake um nobody's going to want an iphone built by or and a phone a mobile phone built by Apple. This is stupid. They're absolutely crazy for doing this. Steve Jobs has gone off the rails. And then it changes the world. In 2000, you know, July of 2007, when that came out, we had no idea that seven years later, everybody would be walking around with this in their hand. And the amount of the power that you could, you know, the things you can do with this. Now, let's, you know, fast forward to, are they as an innovative company as they were back then? You know, can they... You know, see the future of what's going to happen with cars and come out with something so revolutionary that it turns the entire industry on its head i i don't know yeah i don't know i think that that it was easier with the cell phone world because it hadn't been around as long you know cell phones hadn't been really prolific until the early to mid 90s so you've got like a 10-year lifespan there whereas cars have been around since the early 1900s and you know, people have been interacting with them and using them, and they are what they are, and the industry is the way it is. I think it's be more difficult to turn it on its ear. That's not saying they can't find a little niche in it and come out with some electric car that people are going to want. Um, yeah, Tesla is a niche. Tesla, you know, it's only a, a subset of the of the buyers of cars because Tesla cars are very expensive, and I think they will continue to remain, you know, really expensive. And uh, they could certainly, you know. Uh, 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 competing to in a niche, yeah, for sure. And until if Tesla actually comes out with this Model Three, that's going to be yeah. in the thirty to forty thousand dollar range, that is what's going to turn the auto industry on its ear, if you ask me. Yeah. If, if they can come out with an electric car that'll get that'll go a hundred to two hundred miles on a, <laughs> on a charge, much and, like, char- and charge an average car price for it. Right, right. Even you know forty grand. Last week. Yeah, but clearly BMW's not been successful, in my opinion, with the i three. They're selling them for five grand under. You can, I think well, the lowest price i three I saw recently was about thirty two thousand dollars. Did you see Top Gear Sunday? Um, no, I have not seen the matchup between the i eight and the i so, three yet. So just a just a a little bit is Jezza drives the i three, um, and he says, you know, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's what we've got, and it's not bad for what it is, but it's definitely not not perfect. And I guess nobody's seeing the claimed miles per gallon out of that car. Blah 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 blah. But it's supposed to be brilliant. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just don't think BMW has done a good job of selling it. They claim they were selling a lot of them, but yeah. when they're marking, you know, five, seven, ten thousand dollars off um, right. on on the ones I see online right now, that doesn't seem like that's a, a good sign of it selling well. Right. You know, it's not like a typical so think, new technology. But, but, but also, I think electric cars just aren't ready. I think we're close. Like, really I don't think close. 60, 
60 miles or 80 miles or even 100 miles is just not, not going to cut it yet. It needs but, to be 200-mile range, and I need to go that far without gasoline running the air conditioning. Which is what Tesla does in their Model S, but the problem is it's 100 grand. Right. That's not but affordable for people like us. No. That's yeah, but right. look at go the ahead. Nissan Leaf, right? Like, the Nissan Leaf is supposed to be, like, the super bestseller in EV, uh, in EV space. Yeah. And... and um, I, I I think the i3 because it was just you know bad marketing. I think it was yeah. no marketing at all. It's like the basement. I mean, yeah. for the past well, for, for a number of models, BMW in general, BMW USA in USA has had a very difficult I, time advertising the new cars. Car syndrome too, I think. As what? The i3 suffers from ugly car syndrome. Um, I don't think it's ugly. I think it's yeah. it's somewhat attractive. I don't think that's it. But from what it seems to me is is Alex, you're right. On one hand, is it. It doesn't seem like BMW believes enough in it to get out there and and spread the message. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had the cute little Super Bowl ad, but other than being kind of cheeky, there wasn't much to that. Or, you know, oh, yeah, it's built with wind technology and it's electric. Well, Uh, uh, honestly, GB, look at the Leaf. It doesn't look much better than the i3. I mean, I personally like the i3. The the i3 looks like uh, like, a... Just something. I I three is just. The, I'm sorry. The leaf is atrocious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and, not and atrocious, people, but it's not a terribly good looking car. Exactly. And and people can send me hate mail if they want, but I I don't think the Tesla looks any looks necessarily good. And not it's not ugly. What I'm saying it's very plain. I mean, it could be any other car looking like this. Tesla doesn't look particularly original and beautiful in my opinion. Uh, the, oh, the I love the Tesla. Oh, I, I, think I love the I, Tesla. I argue that Model S is a gorgeous looking car. Yeah, I think that's. I a, I you're not old. Enough, you're, you're not. W- w- wait till you're forty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait a few more years. Give yourself about eight more years until you're. You know. So anyway, All right. electric cars. But anyways. there we go. Yeah, Apple car. And, yeah, Apple car. Yeah, I hope they do it. I hope they do something in that space. I think that would be kind of exciting. Well, and here's what brings up it. to the to the next story in technology. Um, Overall motoring file is this image of a new key, which to me is the size of a like a Motorola StarTac phone. It, you know what? It looks just like a StarTac phone. It actually, you know what it looks like? It, it looks does. like it looks like a Star Trek communicator. Is what it looks like. Kind of does. I wonder if it makes that noise. That yeah. chirping sound. <laughs> it's when it weird. Flips open. Beam me up, Scotty. But it's enormous, and and we were talking about this before the show. And Alex was like, "Why in the hell would I need a key like this when I have an iPhone?" Which yes. I yes. say uh, wholeheartedly yes, because potentially, think about this. If you, people with an iPhone, and especially an uh, iPhone uh, 6 or 5S that has the fingerprint technology, okay? What they're doing with Apple Pay, for example, it is secure, you know, it's going to take, even if somebody stole your phone, they don't have your fingerprint to be able to use that. So Correct. why couldn't they do that with a car? Why couldn't you build an app into your iPhone that links with your car that to start the car, you have to use your fingerprint technology that it knows mm-hmm. it's you, and then you can start it and you don't need your key because... Oh, wait. Somebody already has done that, Todd. Yeah. It's it's in theory. It's not out yet. They no. Have... No. You can actually do that with... Um, what's the stuff that Chevy's got? The um, OnStar. You can, there's an app for your iPhone. Yeah. You can stand at Walmart and you can start your car while you're checking out at Walmart. Well, My mom go. does it all the time. Well, there you go. Well, we need and, and everything. Why do I need a special key right. when I could go buy a Chevy and control it with my phone? And there is something else also. Uh, again, Top Gear, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. I mean, probably by then everybody would have watched uh, this week's episode. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Clarkson controls the entire car from an app that BMW has uh, yeah. on his iPhone. 
So I don't see the point of this of this key. When you look at designing something, yeah. it's supposed to simplify your life. And so if you're a regular person, right now yeah, I'm looking at this key, you have this key, you have your phone, you have possibly a wallet because Apple Pay is not accepted everywhere. You have the keys to your home. I mean this is this is just one more thing added to the list and it's not it's not making your life easier. I think if I don't know if this come uh like with the car, but they should make this an accessory. They could they could make plenty of money on it, and people would be oh, like, yeah. "Oh, look at my key! There is an LCD screen on it." And I would totally not buy this thing. I mean, it's no, uh, but, wanna... but but my but like your the the old people that don't have smartphones, or right. the paranoid people that don't have smartphones, or the ones that just don't want a smartphone and they've got you know just regular feature phones, and they go, "Oh, but this key's kind of dope. I'd carry that, yeah. right?" Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't carry it because we we wouldn't carry it because we we have smartphones. So why this would be dumb? It screams gimmick to me, and I think, you know, like we were talking about, they they really need to take it in the in the direction of, yeah, your smartphone is controlling everything in your life now. You can you can buy locks at your house that open up with your smartphone. You can open your garage door with your smartphone now. You can change your thermostat in your house with your smartphone now. You can turn the lights on and off in different rooms in your house with your with your iPhone now. So why not take it to the next level? Like you said, DB, you know, kind of like the OnStar. I don't know anything about that. So, um, yeah, it's, but it's, it's a, and it's, oh my God, it's a horrible app because it's made by Chevy, right? right? So, I mean, it's just, it's atrocious. It's ugly, yeah. but it works. So then know? that brings and us full circle back to you Apple. Can unlock, you can unlock your car. You can start the car. You can yeah. change the temperature, the whole bit. Yeah. Right from your phone. But that gets back to the whole Apple technology. Apple as a company getting into automotive, you know, technology and getting into cars and car manufacturing. Um, right. It does make sense that that's where it needs to go because it's right now it's abysmal. You know, yeah. every car is different. You get in it and you seriously don't know how to do anything. I see right. people getting new minis all the time. And it it was confusing enough when they went from a key to the key fob. Okay, right. in the in the I'll R56. About that later. Now it's even worse when you get in. There's no place to put the key because I'm used to it now. It's it's not that big a deal because cars have been like this for a few years. But right. there's no place in the dash to put the key. And then right. you're looking for the button because you got so used to the R56 having the button on the dash. Well, it's not there anymore. Down the toggles. Everything's getting different. Everything is confusing. It's not intuitive. Yeah, once you learn it, it's fine. It, it's It's not hard. But there's no uniformity at all. It's time for standards with automotive controls, and it can start with mobile apps. Yeah, and and yeah. And, and and again, going back to Apple, like you know, it, it's going to take like a player that has a lot of money and nothing to lose to actually make this happen, yeah. because everybody is reluctant to do anything. And so the way it's going to happen is if is if consumer push for it, and and they're going to push for it if apps are made available to them. And yeah. <clears throat> one last thing that's very surprising about this key is uh. BMW is always about you know doing more with less, and when you when you look at the development of the iBrand, one thing I think amazing they did was uh, creating this uh, you know buying or building this uh, carbon fiber uh, uh, manufacturer to you know to have carbon fiber pr basically on demand. I think this is the largest one of the largest uh, manufacturer of uh, carbon fiber they have, uh, and 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 next to that they are coming up with this key, and I'm like. Uh, are this are those groups not talking to one another? I don't understand. Like, would you <laughs> at the time the i3 the, the plan for the i cars were you know set in motion? The iPhone was already there. The app ecosystem was you know a living and breathing thing and already very successful. And so I just don't understand what's the point of this key. 
really it's it's resources wasted for no reason i right. think well yeah. and i also think about it too is um back when itunes was brand new and they were coming up the itunes store everybody was like oh apple will never make you know agreements with all the all the uh music labels okay that that seemed like an insurmountable task for the company to accomplish yet they did it and were quite successful at it. So I'm looking at this at the realm of why couldn't Apple then make partnerships with all the major car manufacturers? And yeah, they're not going to all agree to it in the beginning, but you get two or three of the big car manufacturers on board, and then uh, customers are going to want that car because it's got that technology, and the dominoes will fall. Everyone will integrate that technology and create partnerships into it to where you can integrate you know, useful user interfaces for yeah. crying out loud into these cars. And I think we are on the verge of, you know, something really huge um, in that, re- you know, in that arena anyway. I agree a hundred percent. Yep. Someday, hopefully before we die, it'd be nice if this kind of technology were to happen in cars. I think it can happen faster than, than any of us. I think this will happen before we see a diesel mini in the United States. <laughs> Well, let's hope we see. How how about this? It'll be the race. Will we see CarPlay in a Mini? Will we see Apple CarPlay in a Mini before a diesel Mini hits the U.S.? Because those are two things that I I say probably won't happen. see them both. (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, Our final story for the night is we actually have more swirly graphic shots of the the new Mini Clubman. It's going to feature BMW's air curtain technology, which sounds kind of like a cool thing. And um, it's, I'm so it's I'm really excited about this car, but the more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh my god, this thing's gonna be huge. Yeah, it looks enormous. It's gonna it be. Looks, it looks full. It looks full size car size. It's gonna be the biggest mini yet, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think the the four door, the downfall for me for the four door mini is it's not quite big enough. But you know, it should appeal to the people who want the car a small car as possible. But anyway, the the Clubman, as it were. Uh, yeah. looks like it's a full-size vehicle. And this air curtain technology, which I think is kind of fascinating, um, was something that came out on BMWs back in, like, 2012. Uh, okay. They started building this into where air comes in through ducts in the front of the fenders and then reduces the turbulence in the wheel wells and then shoots out just behind the A-panel. And it looks okay. kind of like shark gills. looks like gills on a shark. Right, you know, if you will, which I think engineering-wise, you know, makes a lot of sense. That's you know one of the ways sharks, you know, breathe and move through the water, and it's doing a very similar thing to cars, reducing the drag coefficient, thereby making it more efficient, fuel economy-wise, uh, all kinds of, of of cool, you know, stuff involved here. So, anyway, we're on the verge of seeing. I think this car is going to debut in June. Uh, we should have information on the internet for the Clubman and on sale in the U.S. later in the fall. Yeah, there you go. Every time, every time I look at the, again, I know I'm, I'm going to go off topic a little bit, but every time I look at the front bumper of the Clubman, I'm very, very sad for the F56. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> I, you know, mean, I, I, don't... Looking, I know Alex is looking at that and he's still complaining about the overall shape, front end of the shape. I'm looking at this new technology and I'm, am I the only one thinking Red October? Honestly, (laughs) I watched it a couple days ago. (laughs) Right, it's you know it's like a jet engine under the water. This kind of works like that. Air comes in, squirts, squirt out the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of pretty clever. I'm excited for this car. I know it's going to be huge. I know it's going to be massive, but you know I don't care because I think this is I think this is going to be a great car. I'm really excited to see it. 
I am uh, more excited about this than I was about the Countryman when it came out. Yes, I would have to agree. I do think yeah, it's a great car. And as far as that front grill treatment goes, I've been thinking about this and been trying to put this into words because more and more cars I see on the road have this enormous, uh, in my opinion, ugly, hideous grill treatment on the front. I saw um, a Toyota Corolla and a Camry today, new ones, and they had these giant front grills that hearken to its sister company, the Lexus, mm-hmm. which is just awful, but it's got this big black bumper piece in the middle of the grill, much like the Mini does, and then I've seen it on Mazdas, uh, just so many cars. Hyundais also have it, and I started thinking about this, thinking, you know what? Mini used to set itself apart because it was different. You know, it did things, it, it things about the car were different than they were on any other car. We used to have headlights in the bonnet that went up with the with the car, right? The the taillights were built in, formed to the rear quarter panels. All of that has gone away, and in Earth my flats. opinion, minis have started to become just like other cars. They started okay. to look like other cars. The design-wise is like other cars. They're not really set apart anymore by something, by being different. Right. They're really just homogenizing into... You know, general cars. Now, I don't know if that's because the engineers and the salespeople and all the number people are going, oh, well, this is clearly what cars are doing. Or is it they're paying too much attention to J.D. Power again? I agree. I think that's, that's what, definitely I it. I mean, uh, going back to not, not being disruptive, it's, you know, we have to play to the lowest common denominator. I mean, I honestly think many builds to J.D. Power. Yeah. But then I think everybody else does too, which is why every other car looks like every other car and which is why... Minis are starting to become less and less unique. It's starting it's, to, it's, and it might be a cost thing, too. I mean, <laughs> glass is expensive. Oh, I'm sure that a lot of the things... In fact, we know a lot of the original designs in the uh, R50 and R53 minis that, mm-hmm. that were there, um, those were very expensive things to do. You know, yeah. ha- having the headlights integrated into the hood of the car. That was, Which was but, but it was so cool. It was very cool, but it was also very expensive for manufacturing. And, yeah. you know, they figured out ways to, like, make it look similar but bring the profit margins up and the and the costs down. Um, and I can respect that. It's a company. They're in business to make money. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's other ways to do things <clears throat> and still be right. different without being too expensive. Yeah. And uh, it's starting to be a little sad, in my opinion, that minis Flame are just – Yeah, so much about minis are just like any other car out there. Yep. It still drives right. different than it. Don't get me wrong. I, I still would rather drive a Mini than anything else on the road. And they still look different than any other car. Yeah, they don't yeah. look like the Toyotas, the Toyota Honda, the BMW, the whatever else you want to pick out of the lineup. No. They don't have that look. But, oh, my gosh, did you see where BMW is going with their 2 Series touring car? It looks Their minivan? Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they're not going to bring it to the U.S., like, thank God. But it looks like a, <clears throat> it looks like a Honda... Odyssey, you know, mated with a Mazda 5. Well, you know, that's okay because I still can't get over um, to go back and harp on the i3 a little bit more. I think every time I see one of those more and more, I just think Pontiac Aztec. Yeah, I don't think it's every that Every time bad. I see one, I expect to open the bootlid and a, like a tent should roll out. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the i3 look, but I've had so many people who are like, oh, I think it's a great looking car. I uh, wonder if it comes in a convertible. <laughs> You're entering uh, Nissan Murano territory now. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw I saw more pics. Speaking of convertibles, I saw more pics of the uh, um, Evoque. Range Rover oh, Evoque convertible. convertible. 
Oh, sweet jeebus. I, that's going to make me not want one of those cars now. Good. Just, uh, good. Just because, good. <laughs> just because they're having a convertible version of it, I'm just a little ill. You have, so idea, you have no idea how much I do not want you to get an Evoque. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything about it because it's your choice at the end of the day, and I respect it, but this is, I said it now, you know. Well, and I came to the conclusion, I said this on the last week's show, that I'm, I'm most likely going to keep the GP, and I'll probably keep it for a while. But I had the discussion with the, uh, my lady friend here about getting a new JCW. And she was like, why would you have two performance cars? You've got the GP when you want to drive fast and you want to be fun. Why would you get another JCW, you know, another fast car to do that? Why don't you get something more, ver- you know, stretch out a little bit? And I'm like, there's there's some logic there somewhere, but... Uh, I'm not seeing that logic. Nope. I don't know. I don't see that logic. For the, and, uh, and for the money, what we're saying is it's back to the question of, for 40 grand... Why would you have two of basically the same car, you know, fast uh, cars? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's the I don't think that's the actual that that should be the question, right? Like why do you want a car that is potentially n- n- as comfortable as comfortable as your GP, right? Because let's be honest, you're going to drive spirited no matter what you get. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is what's gonna drive, be, and like then you're going to be pissed if you buy something that doesn't, you know, actually move the right way. Right. <laughs> so, and so you know what? Maybe you should buy a Clubman S. I don't know. How about an X6M? <laughs> oh, my God. This is worse. <laughs> I don't know if it's worse than the Evoque or not. This is a pretty bad car. It's way more expensive. I'll tell you that. It's way more expensive. I wonder who came up with this thing again. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty but bad. But going back to uh, the fact that, you know, like minis, you know, you see a lot of things in minis. I mean, you start seeing things in minis that you see in any other car. Mm-hmm. Um I think yes, uh, and I think in regards to drivability, I think it's still you know very distinctive from a lot of things that you can drive. But I've I've driven you know I think it was two weeks ago the three twenty eight like the new one. Right now I have an A four as a rental. Those two cars drive exactly the same. I mean this is the same car. You just change the badge on it, and this is exact same car. Uh, and this is very disturbing. <clears throat> and I'm afraid that because BMW is BMW. Uh, this is going to trickle down to Mini and you're going to drive a Mini and you're going to drive a Volkswagen it's going to be the exact same you know right. feeling about it and this is this is this is sad and the only way you can actually escape this is if you spend you know 40 grand on a JCW or 60 70 grand on an M3 which yeah. is sad which yeah. is sad well i think it's uh, it, it's sad because on one hand those of us who are enthusiasts it doesn't appeal to us but for nine out of ten people on the road today driving cars, their cars are a commodity. They couldn't care less whether they're driving a Chevy or a Ford or a Mazda or a Hyundai. Um, yeah, just, they went to the closest deal that gave them the best interest rate. They're driving a refrigerator. They like it because it's blue. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there seriously, go. there's people who they don't know anything about their car. I see them driving around every day. I'm like, Hey, your tires are low. I can see I'm driving behind you and every one of your tires is almost flat and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I, mean, I, I I totally agree with that. It's just that I since when you have to spend lots of money to be an enthusiast. I don't think it was always the case. I don't think you no. had to spend, you know, M car money to to have like a very exciting car before. Well, and, and you know, think back to the when Mini started, when Alex Isagonis, Alec Isagonis um, you know, invented the car. It became trendy and cool to have one of these eventually because it was different. And it wasn't expensive. It was affordable, and you could fit people in it, and it was economical. 
all of those things. And we've, you know, Mini's gotten away from a lot of those original philosophies. Is it's gotten bigger, but it's gotten bigger for reasons that are beyond, you know, Their control. control. Yeah. Okay, but it's also premium and expensive, which Mini never was until BMW bought the company. Yeah, you know, it was a small car and it was fun and it handled well, but and it was quirky. All of those things. Now it's just they they kept the it's a good handling car, but they're really it's, it's corporate. A, it's it's a, corporate now. It's not like yeah. for the people anymore. It's a premium car, and it's <clears> you know BMW down to its bones right now. So, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, All right. Anyway. All right. Cool. Let's uh, talk about another one of the fine sponsors here. Take a quick break and uh, talk about one of the sponsors before we kind of wrap up and talk about a few other things. Uh, and this one, of course, our friends over at Craven Speed. We love these guys. You love these guys. It's Craven Speed. Come on. You got the uh, N-Gage system. Awesome. You've got the R56, the R50 dipstick, the one that you can actually read and doesn't break. Awesome. The stubby antenna. Awesome. The F56, inta- F56 intake. Awesome. The squeezy thing. Super Awesome. All that stuff available over at CravenSpeed, CravenSpeed.com. For those of you still rocking an R53, first-gen Mini Cooper S, one of the first mods you're going to want to do to that car is put a pulley on it. The pulley you're going to get, CravenSpeed, hello. Go over there, check them out. Sign up for the newsletter. Don't forget so you get up-to-date information whenever new stuff comes out. You don't want to get left behind. And just like out motoring, they're not going to spam you. They're not. They really won't. They're just going to send you cool stuff that you need to know about the product that they release on the site. Cravenspeed.com. Go over there, check them out. When you place an order, which you're going to do, duh, uh, make sure somewhere there's a comment form there, and a little comment you can uh, you know, let them know thanks for sponsoring White Roof Radio. We really appreciate you guys doing that, and of course, so do they. That, of course, our friends over at Cravenspeed. Cravenspeed.com, home of the mini dipstick. Or something. So I was supposed to get my – I was supposed to put my R56 body kit on this week. Yes. I was going to do that. So it's it's painted and all that. Uh, It just – it didn't get on because that's one of those things I was pretty sure was going to exceed my threshold for frustration because of all the gazillion little plastic clips for the whole thing, right? So that's why you guys aren't seeing pictures of that this week. You will see pictures of that next week because I believe I installed it on Saturday. Nice. So you've already seen pictures. Nice. So there's that. I want to punch the in, the inventor of clear bra. I want to punch him in the face with a chair. <laughs> Are you sure it's in the face? You want to punch him? <laughs> punch him in all the bad places. I'm going to do with a chair or <laughs> a glass bottle. I mean, you guys, I've like you, for years. I've said uh, on this show hey, publicly, hey. you can go back and see how much a person. I'm not a fan of clear bras on your uh. car. I think you're better off to let the car get chips, let the car get whatever. I don't care how many miles you do. I don't care if you live in the desert or the dirt or whatever. Everybody's car looks the same. Just do it, and eventually in a few years, get it repainted or Or sell it, get a new car. Yeah, get it touched up. What is the result of? It's the result of people not knowing how to negotiate with their dealers, and they get out, they buy like a standard Mini, but they got the tire insurance, they got the gap insurance, they got the extra warranty, they got the clear bra, they got like pretty much everything on the face of the earth, yes. and this is what it is, and this is the result of that. 
Yes. Yeah. It's an it's, add-on it's, it's, that I don't believe really in. It's really horrible, so, horrible product. It looks bad. Um, it will it'll only look good on your car for a week after it's installed. It stops looking no, good it, after that first week. It could look it could look good for a year or two. There's there's no question it could last a couple of years, but I'm going to say within well, that two. That starts to fade and the, there's no shine. It doesn't it messes up the shine of your paint. Get the hood all nice and shiny and waxed and you get this really shiny spot and you get the part just goes flat. Yes. Yep. And then you, there's that line uh-huh. Oh, it's horrible. And then you go to remove it. I Right now, my, the, my garage floor, and I'm not even done getting it off, my garage floor is just covered with these little tiny like balls of snot. It's gross. Have you tried going to the power washer then and then power washing it after you've gotten it removed to get some of That's that? actually going to be my next step because I'm thinking about taking it to the car wash because I think it might be to that point. I would get some heat, like you know, a, a nice car wash with a hot water that's got a nice hot power. Don't get too close because you can literally take paint off your car with some power washers. Yeah, you know, but, I like that. I might give that a shot. But it'll, it'll get... Um, you know, the next level of that. It'll get you to the next level. Because I'm almost to that point, and then at the next level will be actually will be clay bar and wax. On, well, I mean, a complete exterior detail on my car, but I still have to get the stripes off too. Yep. But I'm going to give that a shot, Todd. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of clear bras um, on, on cars in general. Yeah, and then the other thing that we were talking about, and uh, and the more I drive this car, the more I really I really like this car. I like it a lot. Um, don't get me wrong, but the, there's that whole sport button thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the sport button is like I wish I could reprogram the sport button because I don't want the throttle mapping anymore. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's dumb, and I don't need it. If I need to be aggressive, I'll just drive aggressive. I don't need something to help me drive aggressive and give me wide open throttle at fifty percent throttle. You know, but I like the way the steering feels when, when sport button's on. I just don't want the throttle mapping. Hmm. I need somebody that can program that for me. That's I, gonna, I because I, otherwise I like it a lot. It's been a year since I regularly drove a, an R56 with that. So, you know, the the feelings are getting farther and farther from my memory um, from what it was. But in the Cooper that I drove, uh, I liked it with the sport button better because I thought it. I was able to shift smoother. Um, mm-hmm. It was closer to what my GP did for shift points and, okay. you know, the difference between the throttle and the clutch. Okay. Now with the sport button off... You had to give it more gas, like you were saying. You're like, right. no. But see, you were used to driving an R50 Cooper for 300,000 miles. Right. And so I am thinking in my head that that is what your car is closer to. And you're like, this is what I'm used to driving. I want it to be like this. I like this feel because right. it's what you're accustomed to, which is it's just a matter of what you're used to. Right. And um, so that's that's the difference there. And I think you prefer the you know, the throttle and clutch feel because that's what you're used to in your old car mm-hmm. of this is how much you give it. But when you put the sport button on, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, there's too much gas here. I have to feather it a little bit more, which right. you, you kind of do. Because I'm used to having to drive either, if I want to drive slow, I drive slow. And if I want to drive fast and aggressive, I drive fast and aggressive. Putting on the sport button, it's like your car's automatically driving fast and aggressive, mm-hmm. no matter if you're driving slow. And maybe it doesn't matter me getting used to it, but if I could turn off the throttle mapping, done. Yeah. See, that's, what, that's the problem I have with the GP is it's, like, impossible to drive in traffic, you know, right. and stop and go traffic because you can't baby the thing. Yes. It, it's, like, it's, like, it, it, it's, it's like trying to t- tame, you know, a bucking Bronco. And yes. Go, oh, I'm just going to move 10 feet. Okay, whoa, okay, I'm done. Oh, Damn it, you know. I just would <laughs> rather coast. Yes, and it, it's, it's be- almost easier to get out and push. Yeah, it's becoming tiring. I avoid traffic. I avoid rush hour at all costs. Yeah, I can imagine. Anyway, I like the car. Otherwise, it's awesome. So stick around. Uh, pictures with the body kit should be up very soon. Can't wait to see uh, it. Next up, was, next up is wheels. 
wheels. So have you up. about wheels? Have you like uh, advanced in your reflections about what you I have get, so what far? What they're going to get so far. They'll be white. Okay, I have a I have a new theory for you. And, I, a and, and I'm and I'm I'm floating back to the possibility of sixteens. No, I have a new proposition oh. for you, DB. If you can wait, which I think you're going to wait for the wheels. Okay. Yeah. Um, as soon as I get to the end of winter, which is going to be sometime in in mid to late March. Yeah. Um, I'm going to retire the snow tires from the GP because that car will no longer be a winter car. Okay. It'll be a garage queen in the winter, so I'll no longer need the snows. And I've got one of your favorite wheels, the the bullet spoke, five star yeah. seventeen inch wheels that came on the original convertible. That yeah. a lot of people have written in since we talked about this. And yeah. Said, oh, Bull spoke's a fine looking wheel. Okay. Um, I will have a set of those available to sell you for a really cheap price. Yeah. Uh, I can unmount the snows off of them uh, and send them your way. And you could have them powder-coated white if you want to. But Yeah, uh, see, it's, so I keep thinking back. I keep looking at those because those keep coming up in my eBay searches. Mm -hmm. And then I keep imagining those powder-coated white. And I don't know how they would look. Yeah, I think they might look more like I think they look better silver. Like I think Daisy or something. Yeah, like I I would flop. leave them silver like they are. I should send you a picture of my GP right now with them on them. They look really yeah. good. I I remember what they look like, and I they I come across them all the time. My only issue is as I really I mean it's almost like it's a deal breaker. My wheels are going to be white. The next wheels I put on this car are going to be white, and I can't imagine that being a good looking wheel in white. Yeah, I like yeah, them in black. I like them in black and silver, but. Um, you know the, the the other way they come with black. Like in black, red. they probably look really nice. Yep, they look great. And in silver, they do look really nice because that's I mean that's just a great looking wheel. But I really, really, really want a white wheel. Okay. So I'm yeah. just I'm just really really torn. You know, I can't there because I don't like I don't like uh, painted wheels. So I can't really help you. <laughs> I mean, I, I like just plain well, no, wheels. I'm, which kind of sets me on the I'm not going to be painted. Though. I'm not going to paint them. No, I mean, you, you see what I mean. Like, I don't like colored wheels. I, don't, I mean, if silver is already a color, so it's, uh, I just prefer silver wheels, which kind of saddens me because the the F56 JCW comes with those wheels that are kind of awful. Yeah. Uh, so one no, wheel, wheel that's coming up in my list is the challenge wheel. And if I could find a deal on a set of challenge wheels, that's not going to happen. You're going to spend powder coat them white. That would look hot. I bet you're going to spend fifteen hundred for a set of those wheels. That's the want. only problem is I'll end up spending you know fifteen hundred dollars for a set of those, which is a drag. I'll keep I'll keep my eyes peeled for you because occasionally it happens where some idiot comes along and they're like, "Well, I don't like those wheels, so I'd like to swap them for these 16s. I, I, I seriously I've seen that happen a couple of times. Somebody buys Thank a God. JCW and they're like, well, "I want these horseshoes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't want horseshoe wheels. I literally saw somebody drive out of the dealer with. You know what? Another one of my one of my favorite wheels is the is the, uh, the Black Star Bullet Rims. You know, but those can't those can't just the, you can't make those white because they would look ridiculous. Yeah. But the huh. JC, but the uh, but the uh, the Challenge wheel in white. Oh, that would be hot. Be I've never seen them in a way but you could you know what yeah. I bet you can find some BBS wheels that are white because those were um, very similar to a BBS yeah because and I'm looking on eBay right now and so here's like Ruff a company I guess called Ruff makes something very similar for $500 for a set of four and that's very similar to the challenge book room but it's not quite the same yeah. so that's where I'm at with the wheels I haven't really decided yet so I still have to I just gotta get the body kit on then I can go okay cool body kits on now let's go with the wheels and see what I like right mm. So we'll see. I haven't decided yet. But they will be white. Sorry, Alex. White <laughs> wheels and painted arches, baby. 
Going old school. <laughs> anyway, I don't have anything else for that. Um, yeah, no, I like the car a lot. So that's my update. Just to hit 60,000 miles. And, that, you know, that's something else. And I was thinking about that this week. As I'm driving along and I look down and I see my the odometer there in that little bitty window. You know, and, and on the first generation cars, the odometer was right in the center of the car. Smack dab in the middle. It's like, hi, look how many miles this many has driven. You know, mm-hmm. and it was the big, there was a half inch tall numbers and it was right there in the center of the car. You could not miss it. You looked at the car and it's like, oh, look, this car's done, you know, 300,000 miles or whatever. And then in, in the new mini, it's down in the little B box that you can barely see. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like less excitement. There's like no, there's no um, excitement about how much that car is motored based on the number of miles on it now. Like there used to be, I think. That just struck me this week. I know that sounds weird, but that just struck me this week. <laughs> well, so there won't be—I won't be taking very many cool odometer pictures. Because <laughs> yeah. just a little bit of odometer is like, no, that's just dumb. And then you get all the other information. And it's just like, I don't want people to know how many miles I have left on a tank of fuel, or if my car needs service or not. Because that's all anybody looks at when you post a picture of that. It's like, hey, yeah. you need your car for service. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Hey, you've got so, a warning light. <laughs> yeah, warning light. Anyway, I believe otherwise. I think we're done. Yes. Uh, I have some anything? feedback. Oh, gosh. Okay. No, no, it's, uh, it's a great feedback, actually. So uh, I, you guys probably remember last week, one thing I said, you know, in regards to the choice of uh, <coughs> of what we would buy for 40K, I said if I came across, you know, uh, uh, the, an Italian job mini, the red with the white roof, like I would totally buy this car over, you know, the, my dream 911 or anything else. And so our friend John, John, friend of the show, uh, sent sent me a, a couple of pictures. He actually has one, a JCW R53 with a white top and you know in red, chili red, exact same configuration as the um, Italian job, as the, as the Italian job one. And turns out this this car was originally built by Mini USA, uh, costed around uh, 40k. Actually, it's interesting. And was built <clears throat> close to the end of a uh, couple of weeks before the end of uh, production of the R53, and it was specifically created for the San Diego International Auto Show. And so uh, John tried to pick it up a couple of times, he didn't get it, and finally got it in 2012. And uh, he only has 22. He only put 22,000 miles on it, which is pretty amazing. And the car looks really beautiful. So uh, John, it's a, it's a congrats really nice and. Car. You don't want to tell me where you live because I'll probably steal this car from you. <laughs> He's from Philadelphia, by the way. <laughs> okay, this, is, this narrows my search. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm creep stalking John's Facebook right now, and that picture of that car is currently his uh, Facebook header graphic. And I'm thinking I just found this week's image for the show. Oh, there you go. Way to go. John made the show. <laughs> That'll be so. If you're wondering what car it is we're talking about, click back over to whiterefredo.com and I will show you exactly what picture that it is we're talking about. We're very close to it anyway, or at least a picture of John's very, very nice Mini Cooper R53. Very nice. Um, otherwise, I do believe we're done for the for the week, guys. Just let me double check my checklist. I think we're finished. Okay, yes. perfect. Yes. Yeah, this is the part of the show that um, I like to say that we're finished. This is also the part of the show where I like to say, make a funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, you go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. But until next week, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. A bientôt.